This message comes from NPR's sponsor, Patreon, where creators can build a more sustainable income source by giving their fans monthly access to exclusive community, premium content, and the chance to become active participants in the work they love. Check out patreon.com now. Hi there, I'm Felix Contreras, host of NPR Music's Alt-Latino podcast. Every fall, many people around the country celebrate Latino Heritage Month. And while we like to say every month is a Heritage Month in our program, we still like to do something extra special. Intrigued? Listen and subscribe to Alt Latino from NPR and join the fun. From NPR Music, it is an all-songs-considered bonus interview. I'm Stephen Thompson. On October 5th at the ACL Music Festival in Austin, I sat on a stage and interviewed Billie Eilish in front of Lord knows how many of her vocal and passionate fans. Now, just in case you don't know Billie Eilish, she is a 17-year-old pop phenomenon, one of the year's breakout stars. Her first album, which she recorded with her brother Phineas at their house, is called When We all fall asleep, where do we go? It's a worldwide bestseller, and her song Bad Guy is one of 2019's biggest hits. Just a few hours before performing in front of a massive festival audience, Billie Eilish sat down for a lighthearted and far-ranging interview about the ride she's been on. And just so you know, at the end of our discussion, she actually got up and waded into the crowd from the stage, doling out hugs to as many people as she could. So I hope you can feel that love. Here's Billie Eilish at the AC. ACL Music Festival on All Songs Considered from NPR Music. Hello! It is such a pleasure to, to have you here. Thanks so much for talking to us. Of course, my pleasure. So I, I wanted to start at the, at the beginning. This started in a bedroom at your house years ago with a song called, uh, with a song called Ocean Eyes. Yes. So, did the process of finding that kind of success with something you did by yourself, did that affect the way you made your art going forward? Not at all. Um, because I think, like, making Ocean Eyes, we didn't really have a goal, and we also definitely didn't expect anything out of it. So, I think that worked for us, and I think that's, we kind of took that and we're like, damn, I guess we should keep doing that and like not expect anything. So even the music I make now, like, for instance, Bad Guy, I thought everyone would hate that song, <laughs> to be honest with you. Like, so basically, I'm just at a point, and even then, it's just like, the thing that's worked is to just make what I wanted to make and expect nothing, pretty much. <laughs> but, but did it mean, like, because you also were able, it seems like, to bypass a certain amount of star-making BS, like kind of machinery from a label where it's like, here's how we want you to, to dress, here's yeah. how we want you to, to perform. Like, yeah. do, you, do you feel like you were able to kind of do an end run because you found that success on your own? I think it helped, definitely, but um, I think it was mainly just my strong will. Like, I've always been the kind of person that if I've wanted to do something I was gonna do it and if I didn't I wasn't going to <laughs> and um, who saw my brother just now by the way did anyone see him amazing incredible do you dream of affecting the music industry beyond your own music like I I, I never thought about it until somebody said that I was doing it already <laughs> like you know what I mean like because I you know, I hear a lot of the time, like, you're, uh, um, like, the anti-pop or the, you're breaking all the rules, you're doing this. But, like, I, I didn't mean, like, what, 
<laughs> what rules am I, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like since the beginning, I wasn't trying to break a rule. I wasn't trying to dress a certain way. I just wore what I wanted to wear and I made the kind of music I wanted to make and it was taken in this way that was like so different than I meant for it to be, but it was almost cooler because now it's like this like view of like, yeah, she's, she's paving the way for new, like people who want to do something else and fuck yeah, like I'm so up for that. <laughs> Not my intention, but I'm I'm gonna I'm a roll with it. <laughs> it seems like it's working out okay. Yes, it is working out okay. Who do you want people to hear? Like, who are artists coming up that you want people to hear next? Um, does anyone know an artist called Melly? Because I think she's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Tierra Wack is like God. Uh, Sabrina Claudio, my baby. Yeah. I, I guess one of the one of the questions I'm sort of getting at is like, you have a certain amount of clout that you like. I'm just saying, if if I pissed you off in this interview, right? You could go. I on, could ruin your entire you could life. Go on Twitter. It's fucked up. And have me destroyed. It's fucked up. So please, please don't. It's a lot. You know what? It's a lot of power. <laughs> So you have already been seizing your platform to uh, to do work for Global Climate yeah. Strike. Mm-hmm. You've done stuff about veganism and about yeah. mental health. Can you can you talk about that and, and just kind of issues that are near and dear to your heart? Um, yeah, well, for instance, like the tour that actually went on sale yesterday, um, that tour, which is like next year, um, Basically, we're doing as, as much as we can to make the tour pretty green. So, for instance, we're taking, we're taking somebody that works for this company called Reverb that kind of is just coming with us to, like, make sure we're doing everything in the best economic way as possible. So, like, there's no plastic straws allowed anywhere. Everyone's going to bring their own water bottles. There's, like, recycling bins everywhere. And what's the carbon... Carbon offsets, so because I have to fly everywhere and I can't not, and it's flying is really bad for the environment, we're doing this thing called carbon offsetting things. I don't know how to put it, I sound really stupid, but <laughs> it's good for the environment, <laughs> I think. So, so speaking of, of the, the mental health advocacy work, like you've had opportunities to talk to teenagers who've been through some of the stuff that you've been through. Because, like, for those who don't remember, for those in the crowd who maybe are a little older, I've talked to my kids about this. Being a teenager is garbage. It is a Trash. It is a terrible, it's terrible, so terrible thing to be. But it also rocks, though. <laughs> like, you're young, bro. Young is so cool. <laughs> but it's, yeah, like 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Worst years of my life. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> What advice do you give to kids who are going through that stuff now, who are listening to your music and just need a reminder that it, that it gets better? Well, I said this recently. When this was all starting, I was probably in the worst headspace uh, ever. I was like 13 when Ocean Eyes came out and then 14 when I started touring and then 15 when it got really big and then 16 and then it was like brutal and I was miserable and I hated doing it and I hated touring and I hated press and I hated everything and like all I can say is be patient and and it wasn't it wasn't really my surroundings it was my surroundings but it was also my just my brain I wasn't in a, a place where I was okay I was actually doing really bad and I was at a point where I felt like 
there wasn't any point to anything. And if I'm honest with you, it was like, when I think back to it, it was, it was really bad. It was really bad. And I just was patient with myself and I let myself have time and I let myself just breathe. And eventually, meaning two months ago, I, um, <laughs> I am happy again. And I don't know, just like don't, don't give up on yourself. And I know that's like corny, but like for real, even if you do give up on yourself, don't. Just be like, I'm gonna go to sleep. I'm gonna eat some food, you know? Just like do something else. Just be patient, you'll be fine eventually, I promise you. You will. Very, very, very good advice. So let's, let's talk about your brain for a second. My brain? Your brain, you're synesthetic. Like your senses blend together. So like when you hear music or play music, you are seeing colors, you're experiencing... You know, oh, synesthesia? Synesthesia, yeah. yeah. What, can you talk about how that, has, how that has affected the art that you make? Or is it just that you're so used to it because that's how your brain works that you don't even know the difference? I don't even realize it. Um, yeah, for those you don't know, there's a thing called synesthesia, which is basically associating one thing with another. For instance... The number two, for me, the number two has a color, it has a shape, it has a smell, it ha like, it's really weird. So like, for instance, when I make a song, or I put out a song, or I perform a song, or I just think of any song, like every song that I like has a color and a number and a shape. Every person I know has a number and a shape and a color and a, like, whatever. And it, it kind of just ties into everything and I don't really think about it, like, like, days of the week have shapes and numbers and colors and smells. It's weird. Um, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if it really is interesting. Like, <laughs> I feel like it's boring that I'm talking about it. I, it's, but it's, I think to people who don't think like that, like, I'm sitting there thinking, that would be so weird, that would be so interesting, but I guess... It's super, no I mean, it feels like nothing. Yeah. Talking about the colors and everything, that comes into play a lot in your videos. Yeah. I think your videos have this really, really striking visual aesthetic that I think sets them apart from a lot of other videos like them. You draw. Yeah. You, you have all this, this relationship with color. Do you dream of making movies? Do you dream of being an animator? Like, what sort of, what sort of art do you envision yourself making beyond music and kind of within music? Uh, I used to be really interested in directing. So, like, when I was little, that's... I mean, I think that's why I care so much about videos. Um, I just, the visual aspect is so important to me. It's like probably my favorite part of uh, everything I do. Um, it's the part I feel like I, I wouldn't say I work the hardest on it, but I do. Like I work really hard on everything I do, the music I make, my live performance, everything. But the videos, it's like, I'm hustling. Um, so I don't know, since I was little, I've loved videos. It's, it's always something that, it's like I found a lot of my favorite artists from their videos. I used to watch videos with the sound off just so I could watch the visual and not pay attention to how bad the song was or how good it was. Um, and I found some of my favorite songs, some of my favorite artists that way. And uh, I don't know, it's something that, that's really important to me that, uh, I mean, but the thing is like with directing, I, I direct most of my videos. Like the last one I co-directed, the one before that I fully directed. I edited Bad Guy. I like. I don't know. I try to be as. I try to be as involved as I possibly can because it's something I really care about. I mean, that's everything in my career, pretty much. Like every part of my job, I care a lot about and want to do it myself. And I have a lot of people helping me. But um, 
Yeah, I want to do a lot of shit in the future. Yeah, I mean, I had that reaction watching your videos. Like, she directed this. I would watch a movie that this director made. Aww. And a lot, of, a lot of movie directors, I know this is not exactly a hard-hitting question, yeah. but, like, a lot of mo movie directors got their start directing videos. Right. And it just, it's, that does seem like a natural extension of what, right. of what you're no, doing. No, I, I would love to direct a movie one day, for sure. Nice. For sure. So, let, I wanted to talk about Phineas. Yeah. Um, you know, we, uh, some of us just saw Phineas perform ac uh, mm -hmm. across that field. What is the experience like working with your your big brother? I mean, he's been obviously with you your whole life, but like you've been artistically linked for for so long. We we're like best friends, have been since we were little. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say. He's my best friend, and he's like the most talented songwriter I've ever met in my life and I've met a lot of them and a lot of big deal songwriters and he's better than all of them and I'm genuinely saying that has nothing to do with the, he, the fact that he's my brother he's like honestly unbelievably talented it's fucking annoying it's so <laughs> annoying he's so much better at writing music than I am <laughs> swear to god he's my best friend though so it's cool yeah. so I mean I know you're not thinking about your next album but you made this album. Maybe you are. Maybe you are. I mean, you're going to be touring this album for all next year. Yeah. So you're not necessarily going to have time, to, yeah, yeah, time yeah. to make the next record. Do you envision yourself making your next album at home? In No, I don't have time, homeboy. Uh, <laughs> it'll probably, it'll definitely be on the road. Okay. Um, and the thing is, like, for when we all fall asleep, where do we go and don't smile at me? Those two, like... We weren't in a place where we could ride on the road because we just weren't used to it. We weren't like happy on the road and we were also working the entire time. And uh, so we only made those two projects at home because it was the only way we knew how. But I think we're, me and Phineas are both at a point where we just, we're gone so much and we're also, we have a schedule that is not as horrible anymore. And, you know, we have some days off now, which we used to have zero. And, like, for instance, on Sunday, we're going to the studio and finishing up a song. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it'll, I think the next album will fully be written on tour. Interesting. Yeah. So, among the records that you've set this year, the song Bad Guy had the longest ever run of any song at number two <laughs> on the <laughs> Billboard on the Billboard chart yeah. for like week after week after week it was like will Billie Eilish finally hit number one because Hilarious. Old Town Road was number one for 17 damn weeks Yeah, I know that like mattered to your people because I kept hearing from your label about it I didn't give a fuck <laughs> I didn't even know like I didn't even know like bro and then paparazzi followed me around the airport like how do you feel that Lil Nas is number one and you're number two I'm like I don't give a fuck let him live damn <laughs> Like, why can't he have a number one? You know what I mean? And then it, when mine went number one, I was like, cool. Like, what? Like, listen, I'm so grateful for it, but it's so not about the numbers, yo. It's about y'all. That's who it's about. So I'm not worried about the numbers. I could be fucking 110 on the charts, and I don't care. I could not even be on the charts, and I'd still be happy, you know? But I don't want to seem like I'm ungrateful. I'm, I totally am. It's so cool. So we're, we're just about done here. We've, we've just about filled our time. I did want to ask you, because it, it's really interesting, like reading about your parents and how supportive that they've been of you on the road and touring with you. How has that been? Because I think there are a lot of teenagers 
who would, like my kids would, dread being around their parents that much. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> no, they would not. I don't know. I love my parents. I, I mean, it's not like I never get sick of them. They drive me insane, but I love them. And for my entire life, they've been supportive. And like, I was raised homeschooled and their like way of parenting was no consequences. Actually, I, I didn't get punishments. I never was grounded. I never like couldn't go out. They never wouldn't let me be friends with someone. They were very supportive of me and and they were also like really good parents and I know sometimes hearing that parents don't give you consequences for things or don't do it, you never learn, but I fully learned and I knew what was right and what was wrong and I, I like never did drugs, I never smoked, I never like had alcohol, so I did pretty good as a kid. Like, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to force your kids to do shit all the time. I didn't go to school, like look where I'm at now. Well, but, but if you want to go to school, then go to school. That's the thing. If you actually care about school, then go. But if you have a whole idea of what you want to do and school has nothing to do with it, then there's like no point. <laughs> sorry, parents, I'm sorry. But go to school if you want to though. I know. You said what? Oh, she said this parent approves. Nice. I approve. That's very cute. So one of the last things that, that my bosses told me at NPR before I headed out here, they were Who's like... Who's your boss? Well, just, you know, like people at NPR. You, know, you have just, multiple bosses? I have multiple bosses, man. I'm way down, the food, way down the food chain. So are you familiar with Tiny Desk Concerts? Yeah. Okay. If it works out with your schedule, we would love to have you come and perform a Tiny Desk Concert. <laughs> you can say no later. I don't even know my schedule, so you gotta ask my team. I'm down, <laughs> fuck it. Y'all want me to do that? Okay, I'm Maybe. gonna forward that scream to her people. <laughs> Billie Eilish, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was such a joy to sit down with you. <laughs> you too. Thank you guys for waiting in this hotness. <laughs> you have a what? Can, I have a hug? can you have a hug? Yes, you can, of course you can. <laughs>